As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Busy time of the year as we welcome you back. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher. We're going to be joined by Vinny Maliulo in just a second. Were you calling my name as we were coming back from break? Did I hear you, Michael? Are you good? I'm good. I'm great. Okay. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm good. We've got... We've got plenty to do over the next hour, including welcoming uh, uh, the Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo, from behind the book. The ramifications of the Bengals-Bills game being called off as far as the futures market, win totals. We'll get into all of that as we say hi to Vinny. Hi, Vinny. How are you? Happy New Year. What do you say, boys? Happy New Year, fellas. Good to, uh, good to be with you. Good to have you. Uh, I mentioned the ramifications. Can you compare... From behind the book, a situation in the past, like what you're dealing with now as far as dealing with the futures market, with the Bills, Bengals, and all the fallout? Uh, probably the most recent uh, situation. I guess the COVID, you know, the uh, the pandemic uh, uh, a couple of years ago, right, guys, yep. where there was so much uncertainty uh, on a weekly basis. You know, games were getting moved. Um, you know, was the season going to be played? All that, all that kind of thing, you know. So uh, there was a lot more going on at that time. Um Although, you know, the most important thing now is the, the good news that uh, DeMar Hamlin is, uh, um, uh, is, is awake and he's making a lot of progress. So, you know, they're, they're, we, we focus so much, and again, un- understandably so, right, the business side of things. The NFL is trying to get back to business, we, uh, we uh, as well. But uh, I think we're all in agreement that the most important thing that, uh, is that uh, a young man is, uh, looks like he's... He's going to be okay. I mean, he's got a a road ahead of him, but uh, uh, on the phone uh, with his with his teammates today and everything like that. So uh, that's uh, that part of it is uh, that that's good. Now back to the business side of it. I would say uh, again, Patrick, the uh, the thing that probably came uh, the closest is uh, uh, you know is the fact that uh, when the pandemic hit, there was so much uncertainty with the season, but they did get through it. The NFL always seems to find a way, and uh, I know the owners are meeting today, and or they're at least having a, a conference call today. I don't know if they're going to meet in, in person or whatever how they're how they're going to do it, but you're going to have 32 opinions uh, trying to uh, come to a resolution. V- Vinny, uh, you know, I tell a couple things. Did you? Uh, one first yeah. question: Did you were you booking the 87 strike games? That would be question one. And question two: Where are you on this Bengal Ravens game in terms of the line? We just saw it as we came on the air. It's it's increased three three points from seven to ten, yeah. indicating that we're yeah. getting an Anthony Brown game. Yeah, uh, it looks that way, Michael. So uh, in terms of the uh, the game, it's we just uh, we went to ten. So it was uh, seven. It went to ten. These games are, you know, they're moving so much that uh, you know because of so many different factors 
that uh, you know that that's a game in particular where you know it looks like Jackson is going to be out again. So uh, right now we're at ten on that game, and I think it's kind of a wait and see approach by betters. Um, yeah, it, the the eighty seven the strike games we did book them. I mean, not for the same <laughs> limits and things like that, uh, but uh, yeah, it. there were you know a couple of times there were strikes, and uh, yeah, we did. People wanted action. We did the best we could. You know, I mean, I can tell you this: lower limits and very quick moves. Uh, for sure, but uh, yeah, for, uh, for certain that was uh, that was that did uh, did it. take place. I remember that. My favorite, one of my favorite times in the league, eighty-seven strike year. We had this. I was getting players out of car washes and trying to put together a team, and it was it was uh, it was so much fun. It was the unknown. Everybody signed the same contract, you know, and you know it was it was chaos, but it was fun chaos, you know, and you wanted the games to go back and. You know, and then the last weekend when people, when players crossed the line, you know, on yeah. some teams and some teams didn't cross the line, right? You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it kind of sent a competitive imbalance throughout the league. Nobody ever really complained about it. Everybody just went about their business. It was the players, it was for the player cause to get a better deal. They did, obviously, and they came back after that. So uh, the great, the best part of it all is Joe Gibbs went down into Dallas on Monday night and, and with with no players That's and right. beat the Cowboys with their players crossing the line, which was hilarious. Yeah, I have By to way, tell you, that point, ahead, that point, Michael, uh, sorry, Patrick, to, but just w- when Michael brought that up, you know, we are in such an information age now, right? And, and there's very few secrets today, right? When you think about it, with social media alone, there's the, or, you know, there's the, there's a, you know, the ability to get information. Although some people get it first and everything, but back then, this there was this race uh, for information, and you know, you would just see all of a sudden this flood of money coming in on a particular team that well allegedly had. You know some of their players crossing, like Michael talked about, and uh, you, 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 that then you had to determine, you know, which was a fact and which was fiction, which was a smokescreen and everything like that. I mean, you you talk about there were times you just went, okay, hold on, that game is off the board now. What, what are we doing here? <laughs> Not just now with an injury until you get, you know, you get that information, especially with quarterbacks in the last month, right? Pretty quickly, if you hold up on a game, you're holding up for maybe ten minutes or something. But my goodness, back then it was it was absolute chaos across the board, but especially at the betting counter. Michael wasn't Sean Payton. Wasn't he a, a replacement player for the Giants? Wasn't yeah. he playing quarterback? No, he played for the Bears. He was Bears. Bears. He went to Eastern Illinois, so he played for the Bears team. Yeah, sure did. That's yeah, incredible. That was, yeah. That's it incredible. Was, it was and some guys actually it was an opportunity for some guys that they stayed on after the strike. There were some good players yeah. that got to stay on and, and you know, the the players didn't really there wasn't a lot of resentment to those guys who stayed on. It was more of a, you know, okay, you did what you had to do, you're making money, we did what we had to do. Yeah, the vitriol was a little different with the football. In, in baseball, it was much, much different, Vinny and Michael, yeah. as you know. Okay, so let's get to the particulars here. I, I had the Bengals set at 10 as far as their season win total, Vinny Maliulo. I had the Bills set at 11.5. The Bengals have cleared it at 11. The Bills have cleared their number at 12. Will you grade and yeah. pay out accordingly there at the South Point? Yeah, so that's uh, that's the ultimate question, right? Uh, let me just back up, just because there were still some questions uh, as early as recent as uh, uh, yesterday about Monday night's game. Monday night's game was a complete refund here uh, okay. because uh, the game did not get played on the day of, and nor, nor did it uh, go fifty-five a minimum of fifty-five minutes. So that that part, let's uh, uh, get get out of the way. Um, in terms of regular season wins, we have a stipulation here at South Point that was pretty clear that uh, each team had to play their full schedule, 17 games. Otherwise, it's, it would be a refund. Now, that said, uh, as I came into the studio just now, I was with Chris Andrews, our director, and we were going over things. Uh, we're going to bring uh, ownership into the, this discussion as well. But I, as I mentioned uh, when we first came on, the owners are going to have a conversation today. Now, I think initially what we're hearing, right, we've heard that that game is not going to be made up. Well, what happens not. if the no. owners? Well, what happens if the owners today? And there are thirty-two of them, and they're you know, I'm I'm sure that some they're not going to come to a a unanimous decision as to how to move forward with the playoffs. So, if somebody floats an idea. 
that says, yeah, well, let's try to make that game up however we can. I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I just don't know. We're, we're just waiting to hear what comes out of today's owner's uh, discussion because, I, I, I mean, think about it. If you're, you know, the, the, the ramifications in the AFC, you know, for the Bills, the Ravens, and the Bengals to somebody's going to, somebody's not going to like whatever the decision, you know, is, right? So if somebody floats something different and they go back to the fact that they're somehow going to get this game in, again, I'm not saying it's going to, it's highly unlikely. Uh, I just want to wait and hear what they have to say. But typically, our rules typically say, you know, uh, in case of regular season wins in in the NFL, all games, all regular season games must be played. There were two-way action, um, more two-way action on the Bills number at 12 uh, and uh, a little less money uh, two-way action, I should say, on the Bengals uh, where there was more under money that actually came in on the Bengals overall. But again, uh, an official decision hasn't been made once it is. Uh, by the NFL, and then uh, then South Point, then we'll get on, and uh, of course we'll send it out on social media as well. We are hearing from the meetings, remember, in real time, the meetings right now with the NFL owners are going on right now. We are hearing that they're agreeing to what the competition committee and Goodell pushed forward on Thursday night, last night, that the AFC title game, Michael Lombardi, will be played neutral. We don't have all the details, but it looks like they're going to ratify the competition committee and Roger Goodell's uh, suggestions as far as how to handle this moving forward. And I will say the league officially did cancel and ruled it a no contest between Bills and Bengals, so they won't make that up. Right, well, and, and I guess they, uh, yeah. the the only thing I the only thing I would ask is what what happens if the Bengals and the and the Ravens have the same record? Are we doing that coin flip? Which I don't think is fair. I agree with you. I don't think it's fair either. I don't know how they're going to handle it, though. Do you know? Do you have any idea of any? No, I, I really don't, guys. I mean, I know. I, again, I heard that the game was canceled. But they, listen, they, you know, is it is it out of the realm of possibility that uh, you know that the that, that they don't that they change their mind again until they they make today? I think is going to tell everything, right? Because it'll certainly uh, piggyback off of the decision on uh, that game getting canceled uh, and. Uh, it'll it'll absolutely I think uh, solidify what the, what they're going to do uh, as far as a neutral field. That's a neutral field though. Is it also predicated on just two of those th- uh, three teams? What happens if you know? Uh, what happens if Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo are eliminated, and the yeah. AFC title game is uh, you know Jacksonville and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Baltimore? You know what? What happens then? Is that a neutral field as well? So there's there's still questions to be answered. And again, until they make today's, I think today's official announcement or decision will also make the decision on the game itself between the Bengals and the Bills solid, uh, more solid, at least from our perspective. Rappaport, the NFL owners have voted for the proposed changes to the playoffs that includes a possible AFC title game on a neutral site. We're getting the information in real time. We'll come back with more of it next here on the Lombardi Line. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my bro. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line, of course, is brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com, download the BetMGM app as we welcome you back. Okay, in real time, the NFL owners are voting, and here's what we can tell you. Michael Lombardi, Vinny Maliulo, live from the South Point on Patrick Maher. Here's what we know. Neutral site Michael Lombardi will come into play if the AFC championship game is a combination of the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. Okay, that's one. Two, the possibility of a coin flip as far as home field between the Ravens and Bengals wildcard game, if it comes to that, will happen if the Ravens beat the Bengals this weekend. If the Bengals beat the Ravens, there are no concerns, and they will host the playoff game. I hope that part is cleared up. Michael, anything to add to that? Okay, so we know that. So now let me ask this question. If the Ravens lose Sunday and the Chargers lose, the Ravens are still the five seed, the Chargers are the six. But if the Chargers win, they become the five seed and the Ravens become the six seed? Because I think that's significant, right? Because if I'm the Chargers, I'd rather go to Jacksonville and play them. Of course. That have to go, right? That have to play... The Cincinnati. So that's why that line, Vinny, your line here that you have for the Chargers is at three. The the Denver's favored by three and a half in some shops. I don't know if you're at three, but to me, how is Denver favored against them if Herbert's playing? Well, that's, that's just it, right? Because here's the other part of it. That game will have to be off the board. We're three and a half, by the way, on that game. We're, that game will have to be off the board until the Ravens-Bengals game is determined. Right, Michael? Do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So typically these te- these teams, you know, years ago, you know, we were talking about the strike season, or one of the strike seasons earlier. You know, years ago, we would have to take just about every afternoon game off the board during the morning games. Uh, but the NFL in recent years, they tried to have all the teams with – uh, you know, common ramifications or common factors playing at the same time. Well, it, we still have a problem this year or a challenge this year with that concept, right? This is game. This, these two games are are exactly that, because until we determine or it's determined what happens with the Ravens Bengals because of the Chargers, uh, you know, trying to improve a, uh, uh, their seating or could possibly uh, you know improve their seating. That's why that game play, being played in the afternoon is now going to have to you know you have to hold up on that game. It's the same thing with the uh, with the Packers and the, and the Lions game, right? I mean, if if the Seahawks uh, if the Seahawks win, they're they're in, and the and the Lions are eliminated. But if the Seahawks lose, then you know there's there's obviously uh, the opportunity for the Lions to get in against uh, against the Packers. Now I think that. You know they're going through uh, a, a lot of progress in Detroit, and I know the word culture gets overused, but but it's still a part of the it's still a factor. 
I mean, this is a, this is a franchise now that's building, and particularly this year, and they compete. And they, and but you got to figure that if they if if there's nothing at stake, if there's not a playoff game at stake, psychologically, it's a whole di- and perception wise, the public is going to be all even more so on the Packers. You know, I mean, right. the game right but, now but, sits at four and a half. But but if, I if, think if, that's if, where the game. But Vinny, that's where the game would have sat anyway. The game was the, the the Packers were a three and a half point favorite in Detroit, and now they're playing home. They're four and a half point favorite. So I think to me, I mean, I have this more as a one point game in my power rankings. I think Detroit's right. playing whether they're doing it or not. I think the game that's to me, I don't understand. And if I were a better, and I'm not, I give advice, but I don't bet. I'd be all over the Chargers. Because if 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 Baltimore's playing, and I think Baltimore's playing Anthony Brown, and Cincinnati needs to win it, and I can get the fifth seed, which I don't know if that's true. I Elliot needs to check that for me. But I think they can get the fifth seed. If they get the fifth seed, and I get to go to Jacksonville as opposed to going to back to to yes. uh, you know to Cincinnati, I'm all over that. I can officially yep. tell uh, you, if the Ravens lose at the Bengals. The Chargers would move up to five if they win. Yeah. All right. And so I don't Vinny, disagree what would you, you Michael. What would you make that line? You know, what would you make that line then? Which 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 line? The Chargers, the Broncos. Right now, the Broncos are favored by three and a half. Yeah, they are. But it'll probably go back to the Chargers. It'll come. It'll come down because you know we'll have to adjust it. Maybe it goes back to pick. I mean, you got a six and a half point swing on the game already, right? When you, you the game went up on Monday, you know the Chargers were three point favorites. So yeah, now, you know it's now now it's going down. It though, it's is, starting I, to go I, down now. It, it's yeah, I sit the three threes out here now. Yeah, you know, but three and a half. It's you know the three and a half is a play on, on the number and grabbing the number. That's that's you know that and that and I, I don't that's that's not really surprising. But to go back to the point on the pack, perception is reality to betters. You know, it, it when it, it, especially with these games here, if if the if the line, I agree with you. I think the Lions are going to play hard no matter what. Will they be somewhat down a little bit? Yeah, they will be. But the reality is, in the eyes of betters, particularly. Uh, you know the the casual betters and and, and your average fan they're going to be all over the Packers in that game so that's why that yeah. game is probably going to go up in terms of perception is reality to a lot of people out there that step up to the betting counter. Okay, mm-hmm. let me just clarify. Elliot's telling me in my ear, Michael, that if the Ravens lose at Cincinnati, regardless of what happens with the Chargers at Denver, Chargers five seed. Okay. Well, there, we there go. you go. Then, then, then. So then, that, that line's that, that not number move. may not come, not that much. I mean, if it's a take a three and a half, it's just a you know play on the number. It's not like it's going to come down to pick them. If they can't improve their, uh, you know, if the, if the Ravens lose with a number three, right, or a number <laughs> number four quarterback, obviously the Bengals have a, a, a lot more, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, firepower here in this game. And uh, he's, you know, and then, he's right. Yeah. But sorry, Vinny, because the Chargers have a better yeah. conference record. Okay, that's it. That's the answer. Yeah. The, yeah. I'm just checking it out right now. The Chargers would have a better conference record. That would come down to the tiebreak between Chargers and Baltimore. So again, even if the Chargers lost this weekend, five seed. Michael, you nailed it. Uh, rather play Jacksonville. That rather long play way to get there, but that we got there. And look, everybody's dealing with it right now. The good news is Demar Hamlin's okay. Now the logistics yeah. and the league's dealing with the logistics, and this is the fallout again. Neutral site AFC championship game only, Michael, if it includes a combination of Chiefs, Bills, Bengals. So that we do know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, that's great. And now we move forward. And that, this is another layer that we get into. To me, it's about, you know, especially what we're seeing this. To me, there's always what we try to do is explain the cause of a, of a, of a Lyme reaction. And as right. Vinny talks about, you know, Anthony Brown, which then s- – signals another reaction to somebody else. So for me, I, I think t- t- Baltimore is in a tough, tough spot. I mean, I thought the seven was too much with Huntley, to be honest. But now at 10, and I see it starting to come back a little bit to nine and a half, Vinny's point about playing numbers. But to me, I, I don't know how Baltimore, who can't score points, even when Huntley plays, are going to score points with Brown. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. DraftKings just went down to nine and a half, Baltimore at Cincinnati. It looks like 
it looks as though, based on the number moving, Vin, it's going to be Anthony Brown. So that is that. Also, another shift today. Flacco's in for the Jets. Yesterday with White, the Jets were a point favorite there on the road at Miami. It's now shifted. Skylar Thompson in Miami, a three-point favorite. Is that where you are with the Jets starting Flacco? Yeah, I mean, it went from uh, the Dolphins opening it as two-point favorites to the Jets. That game going to pick, or Jets won. Now with, uh, with Flacco and... Uh, Wilson is the backup, right? I mean, we did see, uh, and, and I think you know, we did see get a taste of Thompson last week uh, in, in that loss. So it's a, it's a field goal. The Dolphins uh, a field goal here. I mean, obviously they're still Jets are eliminated. Dolphins have a chance. They need some help. Obviously, uh, you know, one thing being the uh, uh, that the uh, the Patriots lose to to the Bills. So uh, yeah, this uh, this game here, we'll start to see um, I think more Dolphins money as uh, the weekend progresses. You gonna put your hard-earned money on Skylar Thompson, Michael Lombardi? I mean, I'm not gonna bet Joe Flacco. I mean, I think. I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, you know, I, lesser I of mean, two evils. Yeah, I think I, I don't trust Miami's defense. I mean, there's so much kind of conversation about Miami, the perception that there's this, unbel- you know, they're really a good team that they just lost two or else they would be great. I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I think their defense, their corner situation, they haven't played well. I think their their team is in the same exact spot, only worse in some areas than they were last year when they entered week week seven week eighteen when Brian Flores was the coach, and we thought Brian Flores did an incredible job winning what seven of the last eight games. Vinny, before we say goodbye, we have a minute. Monday national championship game, TCU Georgia. Where'd you open, and where are you sitting? Yep. Uh, so far, guys, all uh, all about uh, the Horn Frogs. People are starting to finally, finally believe in it. Took that uh, getting to the title game uh, for a lot of folks here. Thirteen and a half on the opener. They took thirteen and a half. Uh, Twelve and a half. We're down to twelve on that game. Uh, they do believe in points in this one. Sixty-one up to sixty-three. So so far, it's all about TCU in terms of the betting for the championship on Monday night. Vinny, great job. Michael, great job. We're all dealing with this in real time. I think we did the best we could. We'll come back and try to clean it up. Vinny, enjoy your day. Thank you very much. See you next week, guys. Thanks, Vinny. Hall of Fame questions as well. Vinny Meliulo, the Hall of Famer. We're back here at Lombardi Line. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VP79, of course, $79. It means through March Madness, you get everything we offer when you become a VSIN pro. VSIN.com slash subscribe, access to VSIN's 24 7 network. You get all the pro tools, including the betting splits, you get the betting guides, uh, of course, the brackets for the big game. $20 credit right now, you can spend at the online store at VSIN. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for more information. But again, it's a steal right now. It's 79 bucks through March Madness, so we'll get you covered through college hoops as well. Okay, we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi. We talked about it. The competition committee in Goodell sent over last night a proposal to the NFL owners. An emergency meeting was called today amongst the owners to figure out exactly how to handle, specifically, is it going to be a neutral field for the AFC championship game if the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals are involved? That seems to have been ratified. So now it comes down to where the neutral field is and where they would play that. You have some news that potentially they'd like to keep it indoors, correct? Well, I mean, every every venue that I've heard has been an indoor venue, and it makes sense, right? They want to control. They don't want weather to play a factor in the game one way or the other for a team. So they're trying to keep that neutral, and certainly indoor is the place to go, whether it's Detroit, whether it's Indianapolis, maybe it's New Orleans. I don't know. You know, I think whatever venues available that they could uh, absolutely go to that's indoor that they feel like will give no team an advantage based on weather. And then they wouldn't have to move the game, God forbid, if there was some kind of storm that we saw in Buffalo that forced the game to move to Ford Field. So that makes some sense. I mean, you know, they know the stadiums that they could utilize. It's all it's going to require teams to travel, all that stuff. But I think that's pretty clear where they want to go with it. Roger Goodell will determine the neutral site for the AFC championship game if one is required. On to objective number two. If the Ravens beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, and again, big task, Michael, because it looks like it's going to be Anthony Brown under center for the Ravens. But if the Ravens happen to beat the Bengals and they're 10-point dogs, Baltimore would have won both head-to-head matchups. 
Bengals would be ahead in win percentage. The league's decision is, if that were to happen, the Ravens beat the Bengals, we're going to flip a coin to see who, who hosts the game. And, of course, that's where Cincinnati is very frustrated, the Bengals organization. Right. And, look, they beat the Bengals, what, 19-17 to 17 back in week five of the season. Lamar was playing. Now, John Harbaugh today officially ruled out Lamar Jackson. So that we, the, you know, we all know that was coming, right? So now he hasn't even been seen on the practice field. So, you know, that it was a game that the Bengals had an opportunity to win. The Ravens won a close game, and now they get an opportunity to play against Anthony Brown at home. I think the I think the one thing about the Bengals, they had that look in their eye last week uh, when they were playing Buffalo. They the first drive of the game was great. They took they took the ball too. That was interesting, right? You're playing Buffalo. They took the ball. And they, were, they felt like, I'm sure they felt like they could recontrol the middle eight because they were going to give Buffalo the ball to start the second half. I, I think Burrow and the boys are playing really well. Now, the challenge is, you know Baltimore's not going to score a lot of points. I mean, they haven't scored over 20 points since they played Jacksonville in Week 12, right? They haven't scored over 20 points since then. They, they've been in the teens. Cincinnati's going to score points on them. I mean, there are. It's going to be, you know, even though the Ravens are one of the best third-down defenses in football, they're one of the best red zone defenses in football, they're going to score some points. It's going to be a hard matchup. I think the question is, does Harbaugh rest some of these guys that are questionable? We're starting to see it out of Tampa. Donovan Smith's not going to play for the right the tackle for the Bucks. So we're starting to see teams put out their injury list that guys aren't going to play. Does Baltimore just say, okay, we'll be the sixth seed, We'll go back and, you know, now that we're the sixth seed, because if the Chargers win, if we lose, we have to go back to, we have to, go back to Cincinnati anyway. There's the right. intrigue in the game. How much do you show? How much do you play when you know you've got to go back again? And it's right. the same for the Bengals. It's the same for the Bengals, right? Of course it is, yeah. It, 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 it really is fascinating because it comes down to, for a better, what to do with this information coming up on Sunday. And as you mentioned and astutely pointed out, that number moved three points. So, And you mentioned it's only moving like that off of quarterback news. Baltimore, TBD, we think it's going to be Anthony Brown at Cincinnati, moved from seven up to ten. It's now been back down to nine and a half, but that's just better is taking that number of ten. Right. You know, so I think to me this is – and then, then now – as Elliot pointed out to us, because, you know, this is so much to keep track of, and thank you, Elliot, that once we once it, once Cincinnati wins, Baltimore is locked at the six, the Chargers are in the five, then expect a Chase Daniel game, not a Jarrett Justin Herbert, because what Good are they point. playing for? They get ready for Jacksonville. So that Great three point. and a half, is li- now that it's liable to go way back up again. Yes. To Michael's point, Elliot's point, the Chargers – if the Ravens lose, Chargers have nothing to play for because a loss doesn't hurt them. They've got a better conference record than the Ravens. So I hope everybody is on board. You got now. all that? So you got all I, that? I don't think – I think you want to make sure that whatever you like you, – you can like something today, right? There's a great Al Davis saying, I'm not looking to be consistent. I'm looking to be correct. And I think a lot of that saying applied to Monday night when people were given the league office, you know, they wanted a five-minute – I don't know what happened, but I'm pretty sure that anybody with common sense knew that they weren't going back on that field after five minutes. So I, I, I tend to believe – and I don't, I don't disbelieve that, that what the ESPN reported either, but I think that consistency – isn't as important as being correct, and that's the case. And it's the same thing with betting this weekend. Like before you turn in a bet, you might you might want to just wait till Sunday before the four twenty-five, and then let some things play out, and then make the decision. Michael John Harbaugh did start his press conference today by addressing Lamar Jackson's status. The Ravens coach said they're quote unquote hopeful for next week and reiterated all parties are working hard to try to make that, that happen. He's insinuating that Jackson's party is trying hard to make it happen as well. There's no further update beyond him being out this Sunday against the Bengals. So Harbaugh says he's hopeful for Jackson in the postseason in the wild card round. We shall see. I we mean, I don't see. know what else he could say. I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, they, they, they could have put him on IR. If they, if they thought this was that long, they could have put him on IR. And that's only four weeks, I think, you're there. So they could have put him on IR. Well, to be fair, if I'm trying to get involved in semantics, yesterday the clip we played, we played from Harbaugh, he completely just dis- disregarded giving any comment 
Today, he said he's hopeful Jackson plays next week. So I don't know. Yeah. If you want to get into a semantical conversation, maybe there's something there. But I think you're probably onto something. And again, you don't blame Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's, this next contract is his life, right? So it's, yeah. he's in a really tenuous I mean, spot. And I again, I'm going back to blaming the the Deshaun Watson contract is had its residual effect on this situation. And no matter what anybody says, that's the fact, because Lamar has every right to say I deserve the same guarantees that 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 Watson got. I've won MVP. I've taken you to playoffs. This guy, you know, his behavior off the field, he got suspended. How does he deserve it? And I don't. Fair point. Russell Wilson wasn't going to argue with it because Russell Wilson, you know, was this was the, his golden parachute. Kyler Murray wasn't going to argue with it because Kyler Murray was lucky to be two, two years ahead of the curve to get the money. Whereas Lamar's here at the waiting line. So don't say, well, Murray did it and so did and so did Wilson. Those are two different situations. This kid's in the prime of his career with an opportunity to come back and get another bite of the apple on another contract. As the confusion and frustration for betters continues, I think the best way to kind of bookend this conversation is to say this. Damar Hamlin had the tube removed from his throat yesterday overnight, and he has talked to his teammates over FaceTime and said, love you boys. Neurologically, his function remains intact. That's awesome. So we're dealing in betters. We're dealing with the fallout, but the real story here is a human life. And Mar Hamlin seems like a great kid, a great guy, and it looks like he's going to be okay. Well, I should say the progress has been remarkable in his recovery. So again, yeah, no even doubt. though we're dealing with the fallout, the good news is just an amazing progress as far as the recovery there, Michael, for Demar Hamlin. No, it's tremendous, and he keeps fighting, and every day gets better, and he gets stronger, and he's unified a lot of people. His strength has given others strength, which has been wonderful, and it's helped us as a, as a country come together, and, and, and the power of the NFL is on full display. Dr. William Knight IV should be credited as well. He was the medical responder there, and he is credited with saving Hamlin's life on the field. Those people are wonders because they have to react so quickly and have to be so present and just block out distraction because every second counts as far as the oxygen and the neurological response, right, Michael? So congratulations to the, the staff there that really saved the kid's life, which is Yeah, and Pennington, the trainer important. that was out there on the field, was remarkable. So, And, and the fact that they instinctively they, they knew exactly what they had to do. I yes. mean, that's what they're trained to do. And, you know, they, they didn't they didn't hesitate, which, as I was told from a, a heart surgeon that day, you know, that night that, you know, if they got to him early enough that th this he might be able to turn the corner, which thankfully he has done. We talk about Tom Brady delivering in the clutch. I think Dr. William Knight deserves credit for delivering yeah. in the clutch. When everybody on that field life, delivered in the everybody, clutch. Everybody. Yeah, no doubt. I, I, the medical staff to just stay present figure it out and save the kid's life is really the big story coming out of all this confusion. Okay, hopefully some more clarity on his condition as we continue. Dave Ross is one half of Big Bets. He's going to join us here on the Lombardi next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. Oh, <laughs> You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. I'm just laughing because Michael is fighting with cords over there. He just put a beat down on the cord, which I enjoyed <laughs> watching. Wager at BetMGM. Earn BetMGM reward points. It's the best reward program in the game. Visit BetMGM.com. That was funny. Visit BetMGM.com or download the reconfigured app. And again, remember, you get reward points every time you place a bet like a credit card. So you can use those reward points for travel, airfare, or free bets. Go to VEASAN.com. Or betmgm.com, pardon me, or download the app. Okay. Did you win the battle? What happened there, big guy? I did. Well, you know, I I have to, you know, because Saturday, Sunday, we moved to the Borgata, so I've got to move my stuff here to the Borgata, <laughs> so I try to get organized, you know? So I'm good. I got it. I think I'll be all right. <laughs> I appreciate you, because I, I was enjoying that. Okay. Of course, Big Bets follows the Lombardi line. One half of Big Bets is Amal Shaw. We got the better half today, Dave Ross. I, we oh, don't hey. know... Maybe Amal actually had a brain as aneurysm from freaking out about everything on the planet. But Dave Ross, yeah. more chill, and he <laughs> joins us. First off, thank you, Dave. And secondly, for those that don't know, along with Goulet and the rest of the crew, Femi as well, Dave oh, is Femi. a big Dallas Cowboys fan. And the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Congratulations. Well, I think uh, even before we started today, and by the way, Happy New Year, gentlemen. It's great to be on with you, you guys. Too. You know, Michael and I got to talk a lot this summer, and we were talking then, before the season ever began, how the right play was really the Eagles when they were 3-1 to one to win the NFC East. And then when Dak went down in week one against the Buccaneers, gentlemen, I couldn't resist the fruit. It was 7-1. to one. For the Cowboys to win the division at that point after week one. Remember then, the <laughs> Commanders had won, the Giants had won, and the Eagles won. So I jumped at it, and then I realized no team has ever repeated in this division since 2003-2004. We're going on 20 years here, guys. And now that looks like it's going to hold again, that the Eagles will upset the apple cart and will go 20 full years without a repeat winner in this division. But the, the handicap really wasn't on the Cowboys going potentially 13-4, and four, you know, or if, if they win this weekend in D.C., I just didn't see the Eagles being this good with only three losses. So really, I got to tip my cap to the Eagles, what they've been able to do this year with Jalen Hurts. And I don't know if he's going to go against the Giants. It might not matter, but it really just feels like a long shot at best with the Giants being 14-point dogs here to somehow pull this out with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Well, I, I, and it might be Davis Mills. I mean, you might get Davis Mills. I don't might even be think Jeff Hostetler. Tyrod. I mean, we could bring anybody back. <laughs> but I, I think, look... Look, the the one thing I was on Philly radio this morning, I mean, I, I've said it all year. This The Eagles' schedule, no, no disrespect to them, they don't control it. But it's a Gonzaga-like schedule. I mean, it really is. I mean, they didn't play anybody hard. I mean, and so, yeah, they've had some injuries down the road, but they haven't really. I mean, when they played Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh wasn't playing anywhere near as well as they're playing now. I mean, Green Bay not playing as well as they did when they played them. So, you know, it is what it is. But I just think, to me, the Giants are in are, are just worried about are, are they going to play San Francisco or are they going to play Minnesota? Right. And I think they're working, they're preparing on that, knowing that this game doesn't matter to them, right? What matters to them is who they play, and they would love to go back to Minnesota again if that were the case. So they're they're rooting for a quick game, a clock that doesn't stop, 
And I don't think they're as concerned about your 7-1 number as they are playing no. Minnesota. Sadly, they're not, Michael. You're, you're exactly right. I don't know what the incentive would be there other than to stay healthy, you know, for the bigger fish to fry for them. You mentioned that they had Minnesota uh, in that great comeback, and then they lose on a 61-yarder. So I think they feel like they can play them and, and win there if they're the 6-3 matchup. So, yeah, there's really zero incentive for the Giants to play this weekend, everything for the Eagles to play for. I just hope for some fluky stuff, maybe a Joe Pasarczyk-like game. Uh, you know, they <laughs> give one away to Herm Edwards and the Miracle in the Meadowlands, but in reverse. But I, I'm not counting my luck stars for this one. It does feel like Philly or bust here in a, in a winner-take-off uh, game for them to get that one seed. So let's take your temperature, Dave Ross, on your Cowboys. Right now in market at DraftKings, they're 10-1 to to win a Super Bowl. Where do you stand? A 12-win season so far for Dallas. So again, McCarthy's safe, but where are you as the Cowboys enter the postseason? I, I actually think Mike McCarthy has done a really good job. And I, look, it's you know my favorite coach of all time was Tom Landry. My second favorite coach of all time was Jimmy Johnson. Mike McCarthy is not Tom Landry, an innovator on the defensive side, nor is he Jimmy Johnson, a master motivator, right? But he's a steady-as-she-goes type coach. And, you know, the narrative's out there that he held Aaron Rodgers back. I haven't seen Rodgers win anything in Green Bay since Mike McCarthy left. So I don't know that I necessarily trust that narrative. You know, he put the training wheels on Kellen Moore after week one when Cooper Rush took over, and he said, you're going to run the ball, and you're going to run the ball, and I'm going to make sure that you run the ball. And that's really, if you pay attention, and I know you guys have, that's the key to, to Dallas's success. It's running the football with Pollard and Zeke. It's not Dak throwing it all over God's green earth. So when he puts the training wheels on Kellen Moore, they're successful. When he takes them off, you know, when he goes in the big wheel a little bit too fast in the driveway, he hits the, the, the mailbox sometimes. So I want Kellen Moore in a straitjacket. I want Mike McCarthy to call the majority of the plays on offense. Let Dan Quinn do the defense. He's put together a pretty good staff there in Dallas. So I have no qualms with Big Mike. Can they go on the road as a five seed and potentially win three games, what, at Tampa Bay, potentially San Francisco and Philadelphia? I don't think so. It's the road less traveled, and it's a reason why getting that even two seed would be so huge for this team if Philly were to stumble. But I don't think that's the case. So I don't see them winning three games on the road, but I can't really fault Mike McCarthy for having, you know, last year winning the title and this year potentially a 13-win team. I don't want any change there. I think he's done a pretty good job the last two years. You know, Dave, I, I think they're better off being a five seed, and here's why. I think every time Dallas has those expectations of home field advantage and they're the best team, they fall well short, right? Last year against San Francisco, they're supposed to win that game, and San Francisco walks in there and beat them. I think they're better off being the hunter than the hunted. Hmm. And I think it takes a lot of pressure off them, and it makes them play a little looser. You know, they go in on the road like they did in Minnesota. You know, everybody thought, well, Minnesota, and they go in there and destroy them. I think that mentality can work, and I don't think three games is going to bother him. I really don't. I agree with you completely. Like, if I were Mike McCarthy, I would be just all over Kellen Moore because the guy doesn't understand one thing about how to win the game in late. I mean, he's still throwing the ball late in the game last <laughs> week. Like, what are we doing? Like, wh why are we giving them a chance at Tennessee to even pick off a pass? Like, what? Are we, just run it. The clock's your opponent. Not, no. But, of course, he's going to keep calling plays. And, of course, people up in the box think it's brilliant because he's a young coach who's brilliant. So... I'm with you. I think McCarthy, when he, when Cooper Rush had a play, I thought he became a better head coach. Totally agree, Michael. I'm so glad to hear you say that from somebody that actually knows, not just my observations from watching this team closely. Look, they've nailed the draft, right? I, all I heard all summer was Tyler Smith is a, is a guy with holding calls out of Tulsa. He's played three different positions on the offensive line. Michael, you know better than most. That's unheard of for a rookie to be able to go from guard to left tackle to right tackle. And, you know, you bring in a guy like Jason Peters off the street, you know, he's 41, but he really has been a, a huge guy to help that process for Tyler Smith. And then you get a Hall of Famer back. Uh, you know, coming back, you get Tyron Smith back here, and you hope he can really round in a form in the postseason, basically off for four months. I think they've done a really good job up front to set up that running game, and a lot of that is Mike McCarthy's influence. So when they win, Kellen Moore gets the credit. When they lose, Mike McCarthy gets the blame. I understand that's the way social media works, but really kind of looking in between it, I think he's done a really good job of steadying the ship, and I, I hope he's there next year, quite frankly, even if they flame out in the first round against Tampa Bay, which I think is very possible. They've played Tampa twice to open up the season in the last two years. I know everybody looks at the DAC injury. That happened in the fourth quarter when Dallas was getting punched in the face. So Tampa's had their number. That physical defense that the Bucks bring, 
That worries me if that's the 5-4 matchup in the first round. But overall, I think McCarthy should definitely come back for another season. Boy, those Cowboys fans, including Dave Ross, are drinking that Kool-Aid. And it oh, is tasty no, but see, right they now. Play the possum, though, Patrick, they play tasty. possum. Now, now Dave Ross just made the Bucks. Who had, who barely could beat the Panthers? He's he being just passive. turned the Bucks into the '64 yes. Packers. It's yes, amazing he what oh, he yeah. just—he turned yeah. them into the '64 yes. Packers. I mean, Classic like it was unbelievable. I'm listening to him yes. talk about the Bucks, and I'm like, if the Bucks don't make three deep plays against corners that nobody knows of from Carolina, Carolina's going to win the game by two touchdowns. And Dave Ross turned that novel into <laughs> unbelievable. This Tampa yes. Bay—they're back. They're so good. Oh my God! Look at this Buck We're defense. We're the underdog, Michael. What's that number going to be? Cowboys going to be three Cowboy the fans, they're the best. Me? Nobody can play possum better than he can. Femi, oh, I'm worried about this game. Oh, I'm worried. You know, they're the best. They can play possum with the best of them. It's, I mean, it's it just goes with their whole love of the team. Yeah, it's is true. that the Bucks or yeah, the '85 Bears? True, Patrick. Yeah, everything's oh, yeah. like. And by the way. Um, Michael, you wrote a great in the look ahead. You talked about Houston's motivation going into yeah. Indianapolis. Can you quickly explain that most believe they're going to tank here? You don't. I, I don't think it at all. I mean, Lovey Smith's fighting for his job. I mean, he's he's won. He's he's played really well in the last what? He's one in three in the last games, but he's had a chance to win two of them. He's had a chance to beat Kansas City and those Dallas Cowboys, who are just I don't know how they're going to even play against Tampa. But you know, he's had a chance to win two games. He's won one. He could go to the owner and say, "Look, I've turned this thing around. I know where we are, but." You know, but if he loses, you know, is he going to be around to coach the quarterback? I, I don't think so. I think he's going to try just, to play as much as possible. I just love thinking about Ross, Goulet, and Femi in the group text talking about, can you believe we have to play the Bucks this year? Oh, this my is God, we're playing the, the, the Bucks. Big, I can't Bucks. believe it. The great the old Bucks and team. slow Tampa Bay Bucks and Cowboys fans are pretending like they're the 85 Bears. we got to play Bears. the GOAT. He's Dave Ross. He's next with Big Bucks. Thanks, David. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 